you're listening to Sister Radio. It is a very special day for everyone who listens and works with us because Huda Kushi is talking with us about beauty and inclusivity. Let's get right into it. Um, Huda, thank you so much for coming on Sister Radio. We know you're so busy. (laughs) (laughs) And um, just so for everybody listening who doesn't know about what you do, you are the owner of Le Jamalek Boutique and Salon in Brooklyn, New York, a hijab-friendly salon. And you've been written about in Allure Magazine, Teen Vogue, Huffington Post. The list is kind of continuing to grow. I'm pretty shocked myself at where it's gone. <laughs> and the response, the response was so amazing. Um, 600, more than 600 people showed up on the 29th. Yeah, yes. We weren't expecting that many people. We were expecting, you know, 200 people. We made, you know, goodie bags with, you know, 200 goodie bags with all these sponsors and amazing stuff that all our, uh, the community helped me out with. And literally we were expecting no more than 200. And then when the lines were outside, we, everybody was just in shock. Yeah. Well, you want to know what's interesting is how I heard about you is I follow George Takai on Facebook. And uh-huh. he, he posted that um, Now This Her video. Yeah. And I actually watched it with my father. And he's he's like kind of a sensitive artist type. The two of us were crying. We were like, this oh my God. is so powerful. <laughs> oh, wow. Because you could tell just in your expression and um, when you're cutting the ribbon, like you were definitely not expecting that. <laughs> I definitely was not. I mean, I knew like everybody... Um, was excited for it. I knew like my close friends, you know, um, the clientele that I had in the past, they all knew about it, you know, and I was just expecting, you know, the close relatives, close friends and family to be there. But to see the whole community, to see people coming from like New Jersey, the Bronx and everywhere uh, and, and the patience that they had, it was such a cold day that day out, the patience that they had to be waiting out there for an hour or two because we couldn't fit everybody inside. I was literally in tears. Uh, I couldn't believe it myself, to be honest. What, what is your family and your friends, like, what do they think about the response and everything that's going on? You know, it's funny because um, my niece is a big part of um, helping me out and my, my two cousins. And, you know, we would, a year ago, because this place took me about a year and a half to build, um, we sat down and we're trying to strategize and try to figure out a way how we were going to advertise. And we're, you know, co- trying to come up with names of people that we will reach out to. And it was, you know, we were in a daze. We were like, oh, my God, how, how are we going to let people know? You know, in the end, we thought, okay, we'll make 200 goodie bags. I'm sure all of our friends and family and word of mouth people who are nearby will show up, not knowing that it'll get picked up by so much media. Yeah. It was it was just like God sent. It was just amazing. I had no idea what was to come. Since you're kind of away from the 29th a little bit and you've had some time to process, yeah. why do you, what do you think is the reason why the response has been what it's been and why people, it's just spreading like wildfire. I mean, everything's going yes. viral. Why do you think that's been the response? You know, I think it's because um, women really needed it. You know, we, we already knew that this was something that wasn't out there. They didn't have a space where they can go and get all the services, um, 
you know, in one salon. And even if there was, it would be maybe a back room or a basement or even um, not a full service. You can go somewhere and get your makeup done or just get your hair done, not a full service salon. So I think they were just excited to have a luxurious place, a beautiful mm-hmm. place that they can come in and and just get dolled up, do their hair and be really comfortable and not worry about men coming in and seeing them um, and just having, you know, amazing stylists in the salon. I think they were, they were really excited to have a space that they could call their own, you know? Yeah. Well, and if I'm sure you probably have stayed away from maybe looking at all the comments and cause it's just, there's <laughs> so many people out there that are ignorant and they just yeah. are, hateful and they're fearful and it was interesting because I happened to to go through and I and I'm seeing things like this is going to cause division and I'm like division mm-hmm. it's bringing people together it is. and it is. um in a way that I I don't think I don't I don't know did you expect that it would be bringing people together more than it would be causing controversy yeah I mean honestly I didn't it never crossed my mind that there would be any controversy because there are so many salons out there, you know, for the people who are, you know, I, I did look at some of the messages, you know, I'm trying not to go through the negative. I, I always love to be positive. My husband was going through many of them and he would tell me what, you know, what they're saying and, and he would respond. I'm like, you know what, don't even respond because the love, I think, you know, um, is more than the hate out there. I was more shocked at how much support and love we got from people, especially non-Muslims. Because you would think, you know, the media put it out there like it's a um, a salon for Muslim women. And it's not. It's for women of all cultures, all ethnicities, all religions. It's for women, period. You know? Yes. We're all about women empowerment. So it's all about encouraging women, women in business, and just, you know, having a place that's just about beauty you know let's focus on the beauty side of it and not you know oh this is dividing men and women there's a million salons that men can go to so seeing the response of non-muslims is what's so inspiring i honestly was just at awe at how much support we have from non-muslims you know muslims of course we already know they're going to support it because they you know they're excited to have space for themselves but to have the support of non-muslims it's just amazing if you went through the messages you'd see so many people saying i'm not muslim and i'm really excited to come and support you i'm not muslim and i would love to come to a place where it's all woman and honestly that's what had me in tears that's what had me so happy is when i saw the support from from everyone even men we've got messages in there from men saying wow i'd love you know to sign my wife up for this like i, I want to bring her in you know and, and they're not even muslim yeah i uh, for for me on a personal level coming into this interview um it was interesting i had so many people so my my background is christianity but what's interesting is the just as in any faith the spectrum of people can range from extremely conservative to extremely liberal, and there's everything in between. And, of course, everyone who was kind of um, on board with me with the Women's March, of course, they're so excited. They're, like, holding their breath waiting for this interview because it's so important. But very, very little criticism did I get. But any pushback I did get in um, sharing with people who had a Christian background, well, this is getting back to the need. They were um, concerned um, that there was going to be, how do I explain this well? 
their concern was not uh, to me not a valid concern but their concern was that I was um promoting something that was hateful and I was so surprised because I'm like if you just took a second if and this is like two people out of hundreds of people on Facebook that I'm friends with but I'm like if you just took a second to understand why this is so important because the need the response was so great because the need was so great and the reason why people are like from different backgrounds are coming and supporting you is because there's a need for that also. We need to realize that besides our differences, there's more in common. Our our differences are small, but what we share is so great. And and that's what is so wonderful about what you're doing and Leja Malik and the people that are just kind of pouring into you. And so my hope through this interview is that any of the the naysayers can listen and understand like you and I have very different backgrounds in our in our faith and our culture and how we were raised. Uh, I didn't grow up in a city. I grew up in the suburbs. Even that can can totally um, shape your worldview. But yet I feel like it's important that we're together in on this and yeah. we're sharing this. I do want to um, let you just talk a, a little bit about your background, where you grew up, how you got into beauty and fashion, and um, and just, yeah, where you come from, because I think that yeah. kind of allows people to get in on who you Understand are. Understand it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm as American as I can get. <laughs> I was born and raised in Brooklyn. Um, you know, I've traveled back home to Yemen, where my parents are from, uh, and I visited my country, and, and it's, it's beautiful, you know, but really, really, I'm just as as American as an actual American <laughs> yeah, of raised course. here, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, you know, my, my cultural background is different, my religious background is different, but that's what America is about, right? We're all from different religions, we all have different cultures, and we're all brought up, you know, differently, even though we're from America, even though we're American. And, um, of course, you know, I'm, I, you know, fall back and follow my culture and, and my religion, and, and that plays a big role in my life um, as an American Muslim woman. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I have a dream, just like everybody else does. I've always n- known that I wanted to be in the beauty industry since I was a little girl. Ten years old, I would do henna designs on my mom. By 14, I was doing anybody I can get my hands on. I would do their hair and makeup. So I've always known that beauty is what I was obsessed with. Um, you know, and, and from there, it just grew. It just, you know, became more and more powerful inside of me that I knew this is what I wanted. I would look through magazines at such a young age and go and try to, you know, create what I see. So at 17, I sketched out my salon and I knew my dream was to have a salon. And I'm always telling my friends, like, I wish I could find that sketch because I promise you it's probably exactly what I have now. Mm -hmm. And so I've always, always known that this is where I wanted, you know, to, to, what I wanted to do. And I feel like with beauty, it's so, it's, there is, no culture to it. There's no religion to it. Beauty is beauty. We all like to look beautiful. And the funny thing is with all these messages, some of the, the um, ones that I want to answer to and want to explain to people is just like you said, to study and to look into other cultures and to learn instead of, you know, backlash and just like saying, oh, why? You know, cut mean messages like, you know, why would you even do that to your hair when you're just going to smush it under that scarf? You know, or why are they even, you know, why would they want to look pretty 
if they're going to cover it up. Not understanding that we as women want to look just as pretty as any other woman. We take our scarves off, so we don't wear it 24-7, you know? We want our hair blonde. <laughs> we want our hair black. We want our hair different colors. We want, you know, different cuts and different styles. We go to parties. We party a lot, actually. <laughs> and we take our scarf off. So for the people who don't understand why we get our hair done, um, you know, I just want them to know that we do want to look pretty and we do take off our scarves. We don't wear them in the shower. Uh, we take <laughs> it off as soon as we get home, you know. So I, I want to look pretty for myself, not only for my husband, because a lot of people think that, you know, we only doll ourselves up for our husband. It's not. Of course, that's a part of it. Like any other woman wants to look pretty for her husband, but we do it for ourselves as well and um, for parties and we, we go out and, you know, the only people who can't see our hair is, you know, strange men, men that are not from our family, uh, from our immediate family. So other than that, everybody else sees us and that's why we like to doll up and we like to look pretty. Well, and even as you're explaining it, it almost seems so silly that we haven't gotten to a place where... Um, people know this. This is just common information. Like, why yeah. is this even an issue? And why are mm-hmm. people even upset about it? Yeah, <laughs> it seems I, crazy. I'm but shocked to see how, yeah, they're really upset. They're like, why are you even doing your hair? If you're going to cover it up. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is it, what is it you know, to you that I'm covering it up? You know, I'm covering up out of modesty. Uh, but, you know, for, from the outside world, from the men that are not related to me, but I, I still want to look pretty. I still want to look cute. Yeah. Yeah, well, and what's what my hope for you, Huda, is that with all the media exposure, this message just can be on repeat until it just gets everywhere. Yeah, and so people know. You you know something that that I I don't have much experience with being discriminated against, to be honest. I'm a white woman from suburban Rhode Island, New England, and I really haven't experienced um really any sort of people trying to exclude me. But what's interesting is that I realized when you were doing your interviews and the videos, you had mentioned how sometimes women would come to the salons and they would get pushed into a back room or they would just try to do the hair very quickly. And I was, I was thinking about it. I just like kind of, I'm a visual person. So I was visualizing it. I'm like, I can't imagine what it would feel like to have somebody push you into another room to have your hair done, like what that feels like. Right. And I experienced it myself. And that's also where this came from. It's like, I know what it's like. I know what it feels like to never have um, a salon to go to and just to go there and get my hair um, done without, you know, being, feeling uncomfortable and feeling like, oh my God, I need to hurry up and get out of here before a man walks in, you know? And I'm trying to have to cover you up if a man does walk in, you know, we always have like, we're on guard with our scarves in our hands and ready to like to just go (laughs) cover ourselves from, from anybody that walks in, you know? And, and like I said, there's some people who do accommodate and they have a special back room where they put you in, but you know, it's, it's, it's not convenient. It's not normal. Like you don't feel the experience of going to a salon because you're you as well as the person doing your hair is trying to rush and hurry you up out of there before someone walks in yeah so it's only fair that we have a place you know that, that we don't have to feel that way you know the, the women who are coming in now are just so excited that they can come in just feel at ease feel accepted feel like they have a space where they can you know come get dolled up even at a uh, manicures when we go get manicures and pedicures you know as soon as they 
pull up your pants to, to massage your leg up to your calf where I'm always like, you know, pulling down my bed, like, no, 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 you don't have to pull it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so it's like it takes away from the experience, you know, because we, we can't have our pants pulled up high up to our knees. And, and obviously sometimes it's, most of the time, it's men and women who are working in the nail salon. So even with that, you know, we, we don't get to feel 100% at ease and accepted in a salon. So we needed this space. Very desperately. Yes. And, and I, I think, too, um, in, you talk a lot about inclusivity and empowerment. What does that mean for you in your business life, in your personal life, just being inclusive and empowering your community and people around you? What does that look like for you in your business and in your personal life? Well, for me, it's, you know, I have a daughter, and I want her to see that her mom pushed through all barriers and was able to accomplish her dream, you know, and no matter what that dream is, like I want all women to know that you just have to hang in there because for some people, it's a little bit harder to, you know, follow their dreams. And, you know, you just feel, you know, you don't feel the, uh, how can I say this? Like the encouragement, the strength, the power to say, I can do this. You know, sometimes you feel like it's, it's, oh, this is impossible, you know, but just me pushing through and no matter how many doors were shut in my face, I just continued. And I knew that one day I would do it for my daughter to see me, you know, go through the hell and back to open this place. It was not easy. You know, it's, she saw me struggle and this way she knows that nothing comes easy and for all other girls who have dreams my, my daughter's dream is to be a soccer player you think I'm gonna tell her she can't be yeah. I want her to follow that dream and hopefully one day she will be a soccer player um and just because she's a girl doesn't mean she can't do it and especially a Muslim woman and a Yemeni woman you know it's it's definitely not easy it's, it's a little bit harder for for us to follow our dreams, but I'm, I'm so excited to see so many women nowadays pushing through barriers and um, just encouraging each other and supporting each other. And for me, it's I'm really excited to support other women and just anyone who feels like they can't do it. I would def- definitely be the first person there to encourage them and tell them, just keep going. You can do it. You got this. It kind of reminds me of that saying, um, it seems impossible until somebody does it. Yeah. <laughs> you just mm-hmm. happen to be one of those people who kind yeah. of did the impossible. And uh, I know you've um, talked about before wanting to pay the path for other people and um, other women. And so they yeah. know they can do that. So that's encouraging to see that example for your daughter, for the woman around you. And then, of course, mm-hmm. everyone who's impacted by your story and what you're sharing. As a, as a Muslim woman and an entrepreneur, is there something that you want others to know about your life and, and your work? Um, like, what have been some of the struggles you've had to overcome? And is there just something that you wish people knew about you that you haven't maybe shared yet or mm. you want to say it again, <laughs> whatever it is? But, yeah, um, what, have, what has that been? Let's see. I don't know. i got to dig in my brain. <laughs> oh, no. This um, is, I think, the I think this is my toughest question. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just being... Um, I mean, I know a lot of people know that I'm a mother and I'm a wife and um, just uh, 
know that it will be hard balancing, you know, being a mother, a wife, and a businesswoman. I will never say it's easy, you know, it's really difficult. And you, I feel that sometimes that um, maybe I'm neglecting uh, my, my family and my kids, their support, no matter, no matter how hard it gets, if you have your family support, you, you can get through it. And just having them understand that, you know, like my husband in the beginning, I told him, I was like, you know, once I open the salon, you're probably not going to see me much, you know, <laughs> and it's hard. It's not easy. This, you know, this first month I, I barely see them, you know, I want everybody to know that it's not going to be easy, but again, just having full faith in God. And I think that's one of the biggest things. And I always tell um, my friends and family who want to, you know, achieve a goal and, you always feel like um, it's not happening. You know, a lot of people just feel down. They're like, no, 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 this is not working out. No, it's not working out. And you just have to have full faith that God is going to give you obstacles and just go with it and believe it. If you have full faith that it will work no matter what, eventually things will work out. I feel like they will. Just have the faith that it will and it will happen. That's really good. I'm like, I could listen to that on repeat because I think I needed to hear that. And no, seriously. Especially people who are perfect. like dreamers are and have, you know, want to open their own business, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. um, important to know, like, even when you think this, like, how am I ever going to get there? You mm-hmm. will. You just have to believe it. Yeah, because when I started this space, like when I rented out my space, um, it took a year and a half. I thought it would be done in maybe a few months. You know, no way in my head that I thought it was going to take a year and a half to build this, you know. And just the and another thing is knowing that um, being a woman in especially like with construction and stuff like that, it's it's not it's not easy. People take advantage of you. It was no easy task getting through. I went through three contractors basically. Um, you know, one thing probably, like you said, something people didn't know, I did get ripped off by three contractors <laughs> before I finally found someone who was, you know, honest, um, because I'm very trusting. I'm, I'm a very honest and trusting person, so you get taken advantage of, and that was a huge struggle for me. Um, building this place was no easy task, and I didn't speak about starting the place. Like, I'm usually on Snapchat, and I'm talking about it, and I didn't start speaking about the place till I felt like, you know what, it's finally coming together. So not a lot of people know that I went through a lot to build this a lot. It was not, I didn't just wake up one day and in a month it was done. No, it took me a year and a half to build it. And it was definitely the biggest struggle in my life and for my family too. Just them seeing me go through that struggle was really hard. But again, if you have full faith that, you know, eventually, eventually it has, it has to work out, right? So if you have the faith that it'll, it'll work, eventually you get there. Well, and I'm sure some people because everyone's kind of finding out about you all at once. I'm sure some people think this happened overnight, but it's uh-huh. it's a oh, lifetime no. of work and then a year and a half. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a year and a half of crying, uh, heartbreak, and, and everything in between. It was, it was hard. It was not easy. So how has your life changed since the opening of Le Jamal? <laughs> um it's it's so bittersweet like not bittersweet it's more like uh finally here it honestly hasn't really hit me that it's 
finally done. I finally have clients coming in. Um, it just feels like my second home now. Like I'm there 24-7. <laughs> I tell my husband, I'm like, and my kids, like, be patient with me. I think I just have to be there every single day for 24 hours for the first couple of months. And then eventually, I think once things get together, it'll be a lot easier. But it's been so amazing. So amazing. Just seeing the faces light up when they walk in those doors. It's all worth it. And I'm just so happy. I'm so content. I'm, I'm like actually proud of myself that I was able to accomplish this and just bring this to life. Um, it's, it's been amazing, honestly. I'm sure your family is just so proud of you. They must be ranting and raving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my dad, he's, uh, he's really excited. Have you guys celebrated at all? Um, honestly, I haven't, I haven't been able to, um, leave the salon from <laughs> the second day after the grand opening. I, I was so tired. That, you know, we opened up the day after that and I've been in the salon ever since. So I haven't really got a chance to like leave the salon yet. That might but, be um, the next, next big thing to plan, <laughs> a celebration. A celebration. Yeah. I, I, the thing is the grand opening you know, exceeded our expectations. I think that was our celebration already. Yeah. But we did end up staying up to like three o'clock at night that day. Just like everybody was just in shock. Like after everybody left, <laughs> the whole family was in the salon, and we were just looking at each other, at each other, like, "Wow, did that just really happen?" <laughs> it was insane. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! I'm just like so excited for you. I, you. I want to move into what I what are like my favorite questions to ask people. Um, what are you most grateful for in your life? Uh, I got it's got to be my family, my my the support that my parents and my husband, um, you know, gave me. It's that's what I'm most grateful for because I feel if you don't have a supportive family, if you don't have people who are encouraging you, it becomes that much more difficult. Um, and just uh, especially as a Yemeni family. You know, um, just a lot of women ask me, like, wow, your husband is, is, is so supportive. And I'm like, yeah, thank God he's, he is. He's very patient and he's very supportive. And, you know, he can care less of um, all the negative that we would get. You know, like he, he trusts me, he supports me, and he encourages me. So that and my, my father, just seeing my father proud, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and that honestly is, is more than I could have asked for. Wow. Yeah, I'm a daddy's girl, so I kind of yeah, understand me too. that. <laughs> me too. Yeah, just seeing my father so proud of me, honestly, just like lights up my day. Like, oh my God. I, I can't, honestly, just can't ask for anything more. It's really sweet. Aw. <laughs> so when you think back to being 20 years old, I love this mm. question. This is like one of my favorites. <laughs> I often ask myself this anyways, even though I'm like, I don't know anything, <laughs> but <laughs> when you think back to being 20 years old, what do you wish you knew then that you know now, and, and what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Hmm. Um, well, let's see. you got to think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> when I was 20, I'm trying to think. Well, when I was 20, I had my first son. So I think I was on the path of just, like, family and, you know, just putting my family first um, and then to follow my dreams later on. Honestly, I wouldn't change a thing. I, I, I think what I did was right because at one point at, at the age of 20, I did put everything on hold. 
I did say, you know, it was it was time to raise, you know, because I, I had my first son and I knew I wanted a family. So for a couple of years, I did put all my dreams on hold. And I knew that once they were older, that I would be able to um, come back and follow my dream. So I would just tell myself at 20, just keep going, do what you're doing. <laughs> you're on the right path. <laughs> That's encouraging because I'm sure everyone can relate to who was in their 20s. There's always this feeling of, I'm, am I doing any of this right? And so, yeah. and you're, you're afraid that you're going to look down the road in 10, 15, 20 years and be like, I, I didn't do anything right. But, no. but I think that, um, that's really true as far as, um, being worried that you're not on the right path. You're not doing the right thing. Just keep going. No. You've got keep, it. Yeah. Because you know, sometimes like things happen, everything happens for a reason, whatever we went through in our, like whatever I went through in my twenties, you know, I'm sure was a step forward to accomplishing this you know whatever um obstacles that i had then was preparing me for this and it, it also goes back again to faith having full faith that god is you know putting you in this situation for a reason and believing that you know that there's a reason for that for like a learning experience or there's always something to it you know when i was younger uh we went to yemen and my dad you know we they wanted me to, we went back when I was 14 and my brothers went to um, an international school. So they got to go to an all English school and I didn't speak much or write or read Arabic. So my, 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 my father thought it'd be easier if I went with my cousins, which are girls and go to the school with them. So I have girls to support me. And I hated my life. I hated that I had to go to a school that only spoke Arabic, that only wrote Arabic, that only read Arabic. And then it was the worst experience ever, you know? But now that I look back at it, if it wasn't for that experience, I would not know how to read and write and be fluent in Arabic. So there's a saying in Arabic, it's um, it's uh, it's from the Quran actually, and it's, mm-hmm. So you may hate something that is actually good for you. So like I told you, I always believe in just believing in, God and believing that he's putting you through this for a reason. So I went through that experience and I hated my life that year. But now, you know, 20 years later, I look back and I'm like, wow, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so happy my dad did that to me. Thank God he didn't put me in an all English school because I would have not known how to read and write as good as I do now in Arabic. And it's it's amazing. It's amazing because now I have clients that only speak Arabic. And if I didn't go through that experience, I would not know how to communicate with them. So there's always a reason for what you go through, always. It's amazing how life prepares you for yes. so yes. much. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I was wondering this because I know you talk about your cousins a lot, who are probably like your sisters. I think one of your oh, yeah. cousin. I think your cousin is in the now this her video. Mm-hmm. That's my niece, actually. Oh, so, that's yeah. your niece. That's your niece. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you have any sisters? So I have one sister. And Sarah, the one in that now this video, is my niece from my sister. So she's her daughter. My my sister is the oldest of us all. Um, but she got she was divorced. Um, and Sarah ended up being my father raised her. So I, I got another sister basically in the mm. house. So me and her are very, very close. We're like like really we have a very close bond. So she is like my sister. And then I also have cousins who are very, very close to me. Um and yeah, like, uh, without them, 
without their encouragement, without their support, I would not be able to do this. Uh, just having a close um, sisterhood with people who are not actually your sister, like real sisters, but we're like sisters. It's the most amazing thing to have in your life because they support you. They encourage you. They're there for you when you need to cry. <laughs> they're there for yeah. you when you're, you know, when you're just like pulling your hair out and, and they calm you down. So I definitely have my sister, my niece and my two cousins who are always there for me. Sisterhood is, I think, my favorite thing about being a woman, because even if they're not your actual blood sisters, there's women in your life who come in and yeah, they're there when you cry, when you laugh, uh -huh. when you celebrate, when you feel like you failed. I think that's Definitely. just really well said. And um, and it's actually interesting. One of the things um, I kept telling, well, there was just two people who were kind of on my case. I know I'd mentioned this earlier about you're a Christian, you have Christian background and you shouldn't talk about things that are related to Islam and they're just ignorant or whatever it was. But I was like, she is my sister. You're saying that to my sister. And I think that, um, what the women's March did for me, did you go to the one in New York at all? I didn't make it, but I'm going to make it to this. I'm actually planning on closing my salon for March 8th. Um, and taking all the girls in the salon for us to go for that, uh, for the women's March on, on Wednesday. Yes, the that's, awesome. Yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> We're but, all going to be there to support. I didn't get to make it to that. I was so disappointed. But you, I um, think I it's going to be a similar experience of yeah. the crowd's going to be diverse. And mm -hmm. yet you feel like you're amongst your family. And really, we forget that the people around us aren't strangers. They're our brothers and sisters. And yeah. I know a lot of people can't get behind that. And that makes me a little bit sad. But I think that's something that, you, you know, you're doing it. Other people are leading by example. And, um, yeah, so that you answered my question about sisterhood, too. I was going to ask you. I'm oh, like, yeah. but she no, answered even it. I, even when I hired my girls at the salon, like, my first thing was when I told them, I was like, listen, you know, I know how I can get in salons. I can get very petty. And, but, um, like, when you work here, I want us to be sisters like I want us to treat each other like sisters it has to be a sisterhood it has to be an understanding it has to be um love for each other and encouraging each other and not who's better than who it's like you're struggling you know what I'm gonna step in and I'm gonna help you because you're my sister um even though some of them don't even know each other from before but I wanted to create this strong bond this sisterhood and, and even like for my clients who come in it's just like we welcome them in there like there are sisters coming in everybody knows everybody even though we don't really know each other but that's just the vibe that I want and everybody you love for your brother and your sister what you want for yourself, basically. So, like, if you follow that and you love for them what you want for yourself, guess what? They're going to love for you what they want for themselves, too. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Ah, I'm so excited <laughs> for people to listen to this because this is really important and needs to be said yeah. all the time. And um, what's your biggest inspiration? Um, my father. Because <laughs> my father struggled. You know, he he's went from Britain to working in the, on the sea and, and just coming to America, you know, over 40 years ago and, and you know, owning his own house and, and just becoming this amazing businessman 
he's always been my inspiration. I always, you know, wanted to be like him where now he's retired. He has his home. He, he spends time with us, you know, even though, and I feel like when I look back, when I look at my life now, it's very similar to my dad's where he was a workaholic and so am I. So I'm very inspired by him because he's accomplished so much for, um, you know, his, um, his father died at a young age and, uh, you know, he took care of his brothers. He took care of his nephews. He, he did so much. His life was all about helping others. You know, he would help anybody he can with not wanting anything in return. Never did he want anything in return from anyone. Anybody he could help, he would help them. And yeah, he's just my inspiration. He's, he's, he's too nice. <laughs> he's actually too nice. And my mom's always said, she's like, Oh my God, you're just like your dad. Cause you know, when you're too nice, you get taken advantage of, but for us, it's like, it's okay. You know, let them take advantage of me. You know, God has my back. Mm. So it'll all be good. It's <laughs> he's funny. My inspiration. I think that the entrepreneurial spirit, the pioneering spirit is so hereditary. It gets passed down that your dad had it and you have it. Yeah. So I, that's <laughs> what I think. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you one final question, and, and then we can kind of close our, our interview. Okay. What do you want to be remembered for? Uh, um, maybe for uh, the courage and bravery and just uh, being strong enough to say that I can do this, so can you. And also just being nice, honestly. I, I really feel like, again, like I said, some people take advantage of you if you're too nice. But if you just continue to be a good person and to have a good soul um, and just believe that God will, you're not waiting for anybody else to repay you. You know that God has your back and he will give you back, not the people. Um, yeah, just, just. For being a strong Yemeni American woman, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you are, and I think you will um, impact the people around you, and people are going to go after their dreams because of you. I know for me, I'm deeply impacted by you and your story oh. and your work, and You're I'm so kind of in shock to be honest that. I'm interviewing you <laughs> <You're so funny. laughs> because sister radio is like not a heavy hitter, you know, I'm just one person, but, um, oh, well. but I have a dream and I, I feel yeah. like I can take on my dreams because of people like you and, oh. um, do the impossible. So thank you so much you for everything. And <laughs> you're welcome. I'm going to have you. to come visit you in New York. Yes. Please do. Please. I would love to see, I'd love to meet you. I would love that too. So thank you, and everybody listening, you can um, learn more about Huda at lejamalik.com and find you on Facebook. I think you're just facebook.com slash lejamalik. And yep, that's on Instagram, also Instagram. Lejamalik, yeah. <laughs> you can find her. Just Google Huda Kushi and go on, uh, go on Facebook, go on Instagram, and you'll get to connect, and that will be awesome. Thank you so awesome. much. It's an thank honor. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. All right, Huda. Well, um, we'll just have to see each other in New York. <laughs> we say inshallah. Inshallah. God willing. Yes. <laughs> God willing. Well, I bless you, and I'll see you soon, I'm sure. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.
You've been listening to Sister Radio. That was Huda Kushi. We are honored. We are thrilled. And of course, um, connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash sister radio. And on Instagram, sister underscore radio. And uh, Twitter, I feel like I'm trying to list them all off at sister radio and um, sisterradio.com. We love you all. We hope you feel inspired by Huda's message and that you can do anything and you can accomplish anything in sister, sisterhood and your sisters around you, whether they're blood or not. They're so important and we need to support each other and believe in each other so we can accomplish great things together. Bless you all. Love you all. Sister Radio.